We're talking missing players and missing paychecks this week on the Indie Ball Report podcast. Back again, episode 225. I'm Nick. Ryan's moved from the basement and the walls up into the attic, so he's getting closer to escaping, but he has yet to manage to do so successfully. I had to make some moves so that I could uh, just absolutely destroy my cell phone over the past week by getting some good signal and then texting everyone in the world, apparently. Specifically in North Carolina. (laughs) You know... There was a lot of action in North Carolina this week. And, of course, you know, everything has to happen like the first two days I'm on my vacation, right? Like, that was the neat thing this past week where we recorded on Wednesday so that way we'd have everything all taken care of and put together so that way we wouldn't have to worry about this. And then, like, Thursday news comes out, then Friday news comes out, and then, like, over the weekend everything goes to hell so, you know, it, it was a fun week. Yeah, that's my bad. That's on me. I think it's more on uh, the people not paying their staff more than you. But, you know, interesting you. way to uh, take a, take a, put the hand up on it. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's just what accountability looks like. It could be. Uh, so I guess on that note, we should probably jump into the, the headline news. And the part of the cold open that refers to missed paychecks because uh, coming from Gastonia this week, there was a bit of, uh, what'd you say, a major break over there would be one way of putting it. I, I think that's fair. I think, um, yeah, uh, I don't know how you want to even enter this whole mess, but yeah, that, that would be a fair way of doing it. Yeah. So or at least <laughs> describing it, I guess I should say. Yeah. Uh, so then I guess the best way to kind of enter the foray into this whole Gastonia situation, which just a quick uh, context and overview is, game got uh, postponed due to a player protest. Later comes out players weren't being paid, which then kind of spiraled into a lot of people besides the players weren't getting paid. And it goes extremely deeper than that. That's just a very looking down at it from 5,000 feet above kind of view of it. Luckily for me, I have the guy that did pretty much all the heavy lifting here today in my attic uh, to go ahead and break everything down. So I guess just a general timeline to get everybody up to speed and a general overview of what the situation is over there in Gastonia. Yeah. um, Again, I mean, I guess if we're talking a timeline even of when it hit my radar, it was just a tweet and god if i can even find it at this point i don't know if i can um well basically someone tweeted at me just saying like hey there was a delay before the uh gastonia and blue crabs game until their maryland last night um you know weather was fine it was just a delay do you got any idea what happened there so i i text my usual people um one of my usual people uh hit me with a yeah i can't really can't give an answer there and i was like oh because it, it was some uh, a person who would know, you know what I mean? Like, that yeah. means they know, and they are not giving the answer. And, and that kind of started, the at least the process of digging and realizing that there might be something going on here. Um, uh, yeah, uh, so what it had turned out to be was, 
the players had not received their paychecks that day. Uh, previously, it sounds uh, it's becoming evident that they had not received their paychecks on time and there was some squirreliness with it or um, just not the way things should be handled um, when it came to their pay. And that's why the, it was sort of immediately a red flag and players were like, hey, uh, no, like we're not going to play until you give us our checks that are due today. Um, yeah. Now, when I started digging into that and uh, I have sort of a way of doing it, a little behind the scenes if I'm working on something um, that seems you know, it, it needs some further sources. I'll usually tweet out bits and pieces of what I'm getting um, to see if anybody will reach out with additional sourcing and cr- early corrections and things like that to kind of nudge me in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe I'll get one or two people to reach out. And I think within three hours, I had had probably 20 people contact me um, with details about what was going on in Gastonia. And the story they told was very... You know, I'm not going to go into it. I'll say up front, like you can go over to the Indie Ball Nation YouTube channel because it's a 40 minute long sort of expose on what's going on. Um, but yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was, I'm trying to think the best place to start. What became evident was there are financial issues in Gastonia. We'll start with there. And that has been reflected in the fact that they have not been paying people on time. Uh, they have not been paying people, period. Um, they, as far as, you know, how bad that's going is they, in response to all this coverage said to a local news source that, uh, yeah, the paychecks were delayed for staff, a few staff members, which wasn't accurate. Um, Mm. but they'll be paid by Tuesday this week and they were not. And as of today, I'm not sure I got to hear whether or not people have actually been paid today. Um, uh, today being Friday. So it was, it's like that badly, even with all eyes, they weren't able to get that going. Um, and to keep it general, it just tells the story of, um, a, a very uninvolved seemingly owner who has appointed his girlfriend to be the COO. And she has not only no real idea what to do with any of this, but also she's like actively not doing things the right way, not treating people. Well, um, yeah, it, it just, even, in response to the story, like she was very passionless and evasive about things. She wasn't able to confront what was going on. It, it's fascinating. And it really continued to just keep stretching and stretching and stretching. There's now questions being asked by a lot of people about the LLCs that she and Brandon Bellamy have, uh, Brandon being the owner, uh, you know, how, what's going on with that because he's a real, uh, you know, especially a real estate mogul, but he uh, is at a point now where, he will not be paying the team's salaries for the rest of the year. The Atlantic League will be covering that, which has been confirmed through players and people around the team. Um, that is being questioned. I'm trying to think what else came up in this. They owe, it was confirmed recently in other news articles as well, they owe the city and county over $100,000. Like, it is just like everywhere you look, it's like that SpongeBob uh, clip where he's like ripping down like the walls and the wallpaper and there's just like stuff that's piling out of it. Yeah, it was like issues, like whether it was people they owe money or stories of misbehavior or mishandling employees or mishandling vendors, they owe local businesses a ton of money. So it, it just sounds kind of uh, you know disjointed and vague. It's because it's really hard to go into everything, and I don't want to seem like if I don't want to then basically <laughs> go into all of the evidence I have on things uh, the way I did in the video, which then takes a bunch of time. Uh, I don't want to 
necessarily name certain things because it would involve explanation, I guess, of how I know things and what that means. So again, if you want the full details, you can go over that YouTube channel. But the point is, they appear to be very much out of money. Um, they appear to have been lying about that for quite some time, including to the city who has uh, not only paid for that stadium before, by the way, the Honey Hunters and Brandon Bellamy were involved. So that was before this organization. It's not like they that were like the Honey Hunters were like, oh, build us a stadium. They built a stadium and then attracted this organization in run by Brandon and Bellamy. Um, but there have been a number of deals like tax breaks and whatever else that have been going on subsidies, things like that. Um, and, and deals too, they lease the stadium from them and they owe them quite a bit of money uh, at one point. And I, I'm not sure they haven't played at home yet. They'll be playing at home Tuesday, but it was confirmed again by local news sources that the police and first responders have not been paid. So they have now officially like the, the police chief has been like, yeah, we're not going to be working security for you anymore uh, with off to the officers. So it's going to be interesting to see how a lot of this stuff starts playing out. But um, yeah, in short, it is a mess of misbehavior, um, poor finances, misbehavior around those poor finances, and just generally mishandling of an organization. It really has reinforced the importance of having the right people in charge of things. And um, I just never has seemed to have that. That's for the most part. The, the employees at the lower levels are great. They were very forthcoming with things. The ones I spoke with, former employees as well. Um, I was there on opening night, and from that point on, I've always had a positive opinion of the people they have on the ground level. Um, we've talked nonstop about um, Brady Sal- uh, Salisbury and his, um, yeah, his just impact on the the on field product that they have there, and the, the fact that the guys are still putting together a great season with all this going on is inc- incredible. So, really, this is more a look at Brandon Bellamy and his COO. Um, in the end, it's really a reflection on those two. It's not actually uh, a look into like the ground floor employees. I've seen some people try and point the finger. Um, a lot of redirection to to the city. Um, and if you're interested, I, I do think the city probably rushed into this. Uh, the city had a very successful organization before run by uh, Jesse Cole, who runs the Savannah Bananas now. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of misinformation around the actual community of Gastonia about what happened there. It seems to me that um, Jesse had sold that um, organization knowing he was going to move to Savannah and take this project on uh, with the, what would become the Bananas. Yeah. And it, the new group, they could not like solidify one way or another. They could not solidify a deal with the city for the new stadium that was already in the works. The old stadium was not going to hold up. Um, yeah. And, and basically, so there's a lot of like, oh, well, they shouldn't let the Grizzlies leave. There's a lot of like, I guess, cloudiness in the local conversation. A lot of really bad reporting from local news has not That makes it seem like it was an either-or type situation where it's like you could have had the Grizzlies or you could have had the Honey Hunters as they are now and they picked wrong when it was like, um, not really. That was never one option that was on the table. Yeah, it's... Yeah, again, yes, that's really exactly part of it. Um, The either-or aspect. And additionally, there's like this weird perspective of... I mean... I love, I've been thoroughly impressed by the people of Gastonia, how forthcoming they've been, how bold they've been, how willing they've been to trust me and share with me, um, and, and to like trust that it wouldn't completely blow up, you know, who they were, because most people have some sort of money tied in with this, you know, team. Yeah. And, and, you know, they don't want to get burned by that. But um, I will say there is also a lot, like the Honey Hunters, you know, it was the first uh, or the only. Um, African American majority owner of a pro baseball team in the country. Uh, the Honey Hunters name calls back to, um, 
I believe was a, a freed former slave, if I recall. There was a racial tie-in on that in a community that is very I diverse. Remember that too. Yeah, and yeah, there's just a lot of people though. who are kind of like, well, you know, they put a team in the middle of the city, and there were all these like, you know, tie-ins to diversity or whatever, and like, well, that's what you're going to get, and that's it. Just again, that's not what this is. That's misdirection. That's not understanding what's happening here. That ballpark's really cool. Uh, I think they're doing a lot of things right with it. They did a lot of things right with it. Did some things wrong, neither here nor there. Like a comedy but, um, show? I think, yeah, bro, that's a whole other can of worms. But like, I'm talking like the, yeah. the team's batting cage being on the concourse is one. But um, I guess what I'm trying to say is like the the fingers are somewhat getting pointed at the whole concept and point at the city for the concept. But I have talked to actually a couple of prospective owners just in the past few days. They are interested in what's going on and they do think it's a market that could succeed with good intentional um, ownership who understands the community and gets involved the way these owners have not. Uh, also, there's a lot of finger pointing at just the city of like officials who've made the decisions. The city paid 26 million plus to build that stadium. And they were, you know, roasted for that. But yeah. uh, while I don't necessarily agree with public funding in the stadium, I do see from the conversations I've had, there's some talk about whether certain people knew other people beforehand, and that is above who I've spoken to. The people I spoke to seem to have entered this, uh, the city employees, the city government, you know, elected officials, uh, in a very sincere way. They really, they're really upset and heartbroken that this did not work out. They feel like they've dragged people into something and allowed something to happen where they were sold the bill of goods and vouched for it to other people. I think this was a genuine effort to improve an area that needed some, a little bit of a bump and the fact that it went sideways sucks. So I, it's a little disappointing to see like a lot of sort of misguided reaction to this, but it is very encouraging also to see a lot of people uh, willing to chime in and, you know, speak up about this, but also, you know, keep continuing to encourage the team uh, in a way to keep moving. And I mean, now the stadium's there, so someone's got to fill it eventually. So it's going to be very interesting. Yeah. That was all over the place. Yeah. But I think it was uh, at least a, a good summary to get going without getting into the weeds on it. Just mm -hmm. it's, it's a complex situation because it reaches out there. And I know I got people coming to me too. They were telling me some stuff here. I even had one guy that's like, I'd love to come on the show to talk about it. And I was like, ah. I've had a couple of those offers too. Yeah. No disrespect. It's just that. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, uh, there's certain things that I also, cause I've gotten a weird high level understanding of it. Like yeah. that I knew I couldn't get into or shouldn't get into because either it's a little bit of conjecture or whatever. And I was worried that even if I'm 90% sure of something, if I can't prove it where it hits that 10% where it's just not accurate, if it's not a key thing, it could take away from the key things. Cause I was in a very particular situation where almost nobody was willing to go on the record on some things. Yeah. Um, and because of that, so many people had to stay anonymous that I let, I made everyone stay anonymous because yeah. that makes it harder to pinpoint things. Mm. Um, but with that, you know, I, I had to just basically show all of these different sources who have said stuff who I couldn't identify, which yeah. does add a question mark to the reporting. And I did not need any false information slipping through as much as I could. Oh, yeah. I think I had one correction issued on the video. It's fine. It was a minor thing. So, yeah, um, yeah that I've been so careful. But yeah, I've gotten those offers too. Exactly. Yeah. Now, so you want to try to avoid it, just fanning the flames and making it seem more clickbaity than it really is. Because the more you do yeah. that, the more you have this like that conflict level there, the more it calls into question the whole 
report and the whole operation of it there too. So that's why, like, to the couple people that wanted to come on to talk about this, it's like, I appreciate your offer, but I think I'm going to pass on it. Uh, It's just, like, I look at, like, what I was told, and it's like, organizationally, I'm probably going to restate a lot of what you said, was it just seems like it was such, not even like a malice in handling it. It was just this interest in handling it from the people that should have been the most involved in it, right? And that led to kind of an interior decay, which led to the point where you're writing bad checks. You're leaving, you know, not just players unpaid, which is obviously a horrible look. And it's really actually making like the job of the baseball ops people even more impressive that you're able to fill in these gaps and get like quality players and keep everything afloat. All while having to fight with the uncertainty of not just yourself being paid, but recruiting in guys that, you know, you hope they're going to be getting paid because you've mm-hmm. been told one thing, or at least I I shouldn't say they've been told one thing. I assume they were told that, yeah, no, we'll be able to pay them, even if that's not really been the case, because I'm, we you know, it was multiple pay periods missed. Uh, yeah, this is not a short-term thing, for the record. This yeah. is going back to, like, late last year. Even before that, some might say they've not, they've not been paying bills since last season. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, I know at least for some employees they missed at least three pay periods. I know that much. Yeah. That one I have pretty solid. Yeah, on. and these and they've been being paid um, since November with like no direct deposit, physical checks only. And I've I'm guessing it's been very much done like after banks close on Friday a lot of the time, and that I think avoid has been the policy so they can. They can get everything in there. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of it. But on the same thing, like last time paper checks went out, it was only a few people. And like if you went to bring your check to the bank on Tuesday, the, all the Tuesday people, like they couldn't get their check through. So that's the kind of thing you're dealing with. Um, is there anything that you want me to hit on like that I didn't? Because I am struggling a little bit because it was a lot. And my brain yeah. is sort of, I've got that, uh, that Pepe Sylvia thing from It's Always Sunny going on where yeah. it's just like, He's just a ripping darts and like Pepe Sylvia. He's got the whole board going yeah. and I don't really know where to give a good summary all the time, uh, without, you know, can, pulling too many strings off the board. And then all of a sudden we're, this is the episode now. <laughs> so I mean, that, this to is going to, I mean, like this is the kind of headline thing that's going to take charge of the whole episode, which I forgot to mention during the opening, which is this is not really going to be a baseball show this week. Sorry to disappoint. Would have loved to talk about. Florence ending Quebec's like 14 game winning streak, which is really impressive and love to have talked about Lexington currently having one win the second half, losing 13 in a row. That would have all been great topics to discuss, including uh, Joey Turtislavic signing in Ottawa and West Starville winding up in Washington. Those would have been two fantastic things to get to at some point. Also great balls. Who's low key good now. Um, right. Like that, like good for them. Same thing with Rocky Mountain, like low key getting it done, like mm-hmm. getting it Handle done. Business. Yeah. New half, baby, get it going. Rocky Mountain got a little bit hot in the first half, and I was like, hmm, let's see. Yeah, so on top of the standings today. Exactly. So, like, those were all things that we'd love to talk about this week between Gastonia and a bunch of other stuff in the Atlantic League, most of which is either neutral to good, which is, you know, a pleasant change of pace. Um, And then some other miscellaneous stuff kind of 
hanging around here that just has to be cleaned up like that. There's just not really enough time to do baseball talk. Plus, I just got back from North Carolina about three hours ago as we're recording this. So I really don't want to edit a three hour podcast again for the third week in a row. Uh, so it's this is going to just be a news show next week. We'll hit heavy into uh, heavy into baseball talk probably we won't even we'll talk really touch. ball yeah. yeah like it'll be actually good it'll actually be fun it, we'll talk ball next week i think it's also important to note that like this will not be an only guest in the episode too because yeah. it, it, there's certain people who probably seen the whole video and maybe have been following twitter and they're honestly a little bit like me a little bit gastonia out currently but i'm trying to stay checked in yeah and obviously like what also as dynamic is now there's a little bit of a back and forth and that helps kind of keep things a little bit fresh with Gastonia. We won't harp on it for too much longer, but it does warrant a large chunk of discussion. It is, you know, major news there. And, you know, as far as like actual ball talk goes, that's next week. And who knows, maybe at one point I swing over to the YouTube channel. He keeps plugging and I talk baseball with him at some point over there, you know, like, yeah, why not? Yeah, maybe we do that. Maybe we talk do a live ball. stream. Who knows? But, well, is there anything you want me to like expand on or should I just sort of detail some of the other random stuff that's come up? Not random, but you know yeah. what I mean? I guess let's just detail some other stuff. If there's any key point here that we really need to go back to, I think the general consensus that we've gotten here is was, which is kind of funny. We were discussing this on Wednesday where, you're, where I think you text me like, Gastonia is really low on position players. They could have money issues. And I was yeah, like, Yeah, it was hey, when they had, I think. Yeah, they they traded just two, got rid yeah. of two dudes for players. To, there are three guys who, for players to be named later. Two are position players, and it left them with 11, which, it, okay, that sounds fine, but it's the Atlantic League. So one of them is your designated pinch runner. Yeah. One of them is your DH, which leaves one extra guy, and that's going to be your backup catcher. Yeah, so you don't have you're any like, flexibility. You're like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, how are you going to pinch hit? Because, it's again, it's you know uh, double hook DH. So if, you, if your pitcher doesn't make it five, your DH is gone, so that's one less guy, and you don't have a pinch hitter to rock with. Yeah, so it that was a red flag there. So I think that was kind of like the first mark of it. And then it was on yeah. the 22nd where we saw the tweet, which tagged both of us in it, just like, hey, wondering what's up with this. I didn't really care enough. I'm not going to lie. I saw that. I was also like, I'm on vacation. Someone else can handle this. And someone else did handle it. Then it gradually came out that, yeah, there is money issues here. Then it all kind of came caving in. The reporting went out on it. And then, you know, what day did you put the video up? Wednesday? Uh, it was Monday night. Monday night. Okay. I got confused because, like, you know. Yeah. It's, all good. it's been a blur. Yeah. So Monday comes out. The full details come out. Tuesday then, there was some pushback, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little um, bit of pushback on it. And yeah, local uh, local news wasn't necessarily willing to uh, put in some of the effort right away. And it seems that a lot of the local news down there is tied in. I mean, it's, it's not unusual, tied into the professional baseball team at some point. They have some, you know, they've worked together in the past and they know each other. So, yeah, basically, that Veronica Gion, who's sort of in the middle of a lot of this, that was for the first two news articles that followed up on this, those they both only use her as the source and she kind of continued what was we were learning was sort of a trademark move of like not answering questions directly only talking about the paychecks not what was owed to the city not was owed to the police not was owed to businesses just the paychecks saying only a few people didn't get paid 
and we're really sorry. Baseball teams don't make a profit for like five years, but we're working really hard and you should come to our next random little John concert or whatever. I was like, okay, is that what we're doing? Uh, yeah, I was, uh, that was when I think a little bit of the sleep deprivation and me just not having any time for that was starting to come through because I started getting a little chippy with the, the fine reporters of Charlotte, North Carolina's metropolitan area. Well, to be fair, can you blame them much? They really wanted to be a Panthers training camp. So, you know. Bro, there was multiple who were trash. And like, all right, I mean, look, let's just say it. Like uh, the, the one, what, Will Kunkel or whatever the hell his name is, that yeah. guy sucked. And uh, yeah, if we're naming names, there's the other guy, um, Will Lewis, who eventually did a real good report on it. But he got all pissy with me because like, <laughs> I called him out for his lazy reporting on day one. And then he played it off like, oh, well, we were still looking into it. Like, my guy. You were not. And, uh, yeah, I don't think we talk on Twitter anymore. That's okay, though. But, um, yeah, man, just, you know, the importance of having good local news reporting, by the way. Yeah. Not, not, that's uh, why you need the strong enough uh, of a priority across the world. Exactly there. So I think that's the general timeline, the general overlap. Obviously, like yeah. some of the more finer points you've already went over, but if there's any more, uh, you know, more individual strands that you think need to just be, made more uh, taunt you know just fleshed out a little bit maybe go for that if not yeah, i have a couple well, other things that i could kind of toss in here but i mean it's pretty much what we already know no i got you and the first thing to understand i mean again you can always go back to check the video for some of the depth of it but um i guess i got like kind of three points i think are worth discussing here the first one would be like uh the other stuff that's come up uh that maybe i didn't detail first of all but it's just that things weren't well run year one and it seems like Brandon wanted to be real involved then. And that kind of, he was like, yo, I'm out putting my girlfriend in charge. She'll be fine. Whatever. I think there's a lot of, she expressed to somebody at one point that she's not comfortable talking to him about money issues. Now that indicates that he has money. Um, we have not seen evidence of that. It's very weird that, uh, there's a lot of conjecture around what Brandon Bellamy knows and doesn't know. But what we know as a fact is he spoke to the players in the clubhouse in Southern Maryland because he's from D.C. after that weekend series. He seems so, – so we know he knows about this particular issue. Yeah. And we know that it's going to be about fifty grand probably per month to pay those players. And we okay. know that he is already intending to not do that for the rest of the season and the league will cover it. So that kind of indicates that he does know about at least this specific thing and he does not have the money to do it. So that is kind of shedding some light on what's going on there. Um, it, beyond that, I, whether he was aware of the entire fallout or not, people did try to warn him. Certain aspects of it have that feel of uh, when you see a, a little kid just in a, t uh, like, or I used to work in middle school, and all the time you'd see some kid just in such a bad situation, like academically or whatever, like in so much trouble, because he just kept trying to cover it up, cover it up, and cover it up, and cover it up. Yeah. And made it worse and worse and worse. And it had that kind of feel when it came to Veronica Gion. But at the same time, I got tons of sources, not tons, like six different sources who talk about telling Brandon, usually on their way out the door, what was going on and him being like, yep, making him feel very heard, apparently very nice, but then doesn't do anything. So that's that part. Um, when it yeah, comes so to. Yeah, just to touch on, I just want to touch on each of the points as you get to them yeah, so that way they don't get lost. Do it up. Yeah. So it just seems kind of like a. I don't want to say the word disinterest, and I don't really want to speculate, so I want to try and pick the words carefully here, but it does seem like he was almost hand-waving it off as, you know, like, oh, it, it is what it is, it's fine, it's going to be okay, it's going to be whatever. And, uh, again, it almost seems like 
and this is one issue that I raised online, which was I'm always skeptical of developers buying a ball club or yep. buying an asset like that, especially when they own the surrounding property. And I think that's something that you touched on too, which was that he owns the team, does not own the ballpark, but owns surrounding property for development. And the there's really not much of a desire to sell the the properties around the ballpark that could be useful for development. And from what I recall from the town council meetings leading up to the construction of the stadium was the stadium was supposed to be the anchor from which would then build out the area and revitalize the area. And obviously it's beneficial when you have one guy in charge of that whole project in the sense of they have the most to gain and lose by doing a poor job of each because, hey, if you don't develop it well or you don't do well on one end, it's going to hurt your investment in the other. Now, if you were to sell one but keep the other, now you have a bit of a conflict there. You're no longer working in sync there. But if it's not being developed anyway, then who really cares? But in any case, back to my main point on developers, which is I'm always concerned that they're just using the team as a means to an end. And I'm not going to say that that's the case here. I don't think there's enough to be able to say that with any sort of confidence. But there does seem to be enough to say that at the very least, some of the interest that he had in the team in the beginning has certainly kind of fizzled out here. And wouldn't it be fair to say that that disinterest has led to that situation? Yeah, um, it is a definitely unique arrangement there too. Not completely like unheard of, but it is a, a strange one where, um, you know, the, the stadium, there's a lease and the land around it is owned by the owner of the team playing in that stadium. And, and I think, um, what really kind of was enlightening and enlightening in a way where I probably could have started putting some pieces together if I was really paying attention was last year when I was lightly hooked to a potential owner over there and i was surprised to hear i guess to an extent despite the fact that attendance has not been good and i think that's also a key part of this we haven't really mentioned but that's yeah, yeah almost goes without saying at this point um that they were looking to sell so quickly it only been two seasons and this is an organization by the way who did not go through COVID, uh which i think is worth noting it's not like they were you know they had their five-year plan all of a sudden they had a year of no profit thrown in and just expense um, yeah. this is, it, 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 <laughs> that is a major thing. Uh, most of the teams that are really struggling right now have, it's kind of stemmed back from that. Um, but he, I know that the ownership, potential ownership that I was talking to, uh, were basically hard out on it because he wasn't, he was just wanting to sell the team and keeping in mind the team doesn't come with a stadium. It comes with a lease for a stadium. So you own a team. The only ways for profit you have are ticket sales, merch sales, and sponsorships cannot do anything with the land around it, cannot charge for parking, cannot, you know, anything else you want to do, any work you want to do, which I, I kind of indicated the team does seem probably a little bit of work to kind of perfect it for pro baseball. Um, they mm. built the stadium partially, I think, with, uh, there was an article that came out right about the time it was being, that was built that says it built very specifically for like independent baseball, but the plans weren't really adjusted. It always has felt like they might have been looking for some college summer ball like they had with the Grizzlies. Um, yeah, it's just kind of an odd, some odd arrangements. Uh, basically, the ownership group that I had some communication with that was interested, uh, there's just a lack of waste of profit in that location without the land around it. Uh, I think it's highly unlikely that Brand tries to keep that land now. I, I think 
to develop that land into what he was hoping to develop it into, you would need the city's approval and he owes the city money. Um, but yeah, that was kind of the vibe in the off season though, was he's cutting losses on a baseball team after just two years and just trying because the losses seem to have been preventing him from even doing what he wanted to do with the land around it. Um, which is, a uh, that says something I think, uh, about one, his priorities and mm-hmm. two, um, you know, just how things were going at the time. Uh, you know, that's just sort of expanding on things that I know about. I know they said in, uh, to news outlets that they are not intending to sell, or at least Veronica Jones said they're not intending to sell this team. Um, I happen to know that there, with pretty good authority, there was an owner in town this weekend, uh, this yeah. past weekend, rather, uh, looking. <laughs> and that's literally like right after this. I hadn't even done the video yet, so it's not like it was mainstream. Uh, within that area like he was looking that potential owner there there's a couple of potential owners for it so yeah you uh, never say we're looking to sell it just kills any leverage you have in any sort of negotiation exactly right um you know i think there's also more to this i'm deciding whether i want to do a follow-up or not i i very much don't but i think there is a lot to look into so i'm still gauging how local media is going to continue to handle things but um uh, the most interesting thing to me outside of what i already talked about has to be the weird business history of both Veronica and Brandon is fascinating. Yeah. He's a real estate mogul. And I know that that doesn't necessarily mean you have a lot of liquidity. <laughs> I think Trump yeah. had a problem with that at some point, uh, but shout out Atlantic city. Uh, but I think it is strange that he just doesn't have like any liquidity. That's bizarre. Um, I don't really know what, well, now it's a lie. I know a little bit about the real estate in, but it's just, it's very strange to see, but the, the big attention grabber I think was, a lot of the businesses that Veronica Gion has been involved with in the past, which have like limited social media following, limited track record of what she's worked on. Um, weird, like a lot of like websites with stock photos. They both have a lot of LLCs attached to them. Uh, it, it just, they, the whole thing seems weird and shady, man. It, it, the vibes are so bad, uh, that like the moment I started peeling back the layers on that LLC thing, I knew I couldn't go any deeper on it because I was going to get sucked into that too. So, it is going to be fascinating. If anybody chooses to really work on them, I think this could be a real garbage fire. But yeah, man, that's just the stuff I couldn't even get into in the video on that side. But it's going to be interesting. And I think where it kind of brings things home for us is, so what does this mean for the Atlantic League and Gastonia? Like, yeah. if they sell, what does that mean? It, it That is a whole other can of worms, too. So what I found, at least before I kick it to you, is I found that they might be looking to, it depends on us, I I think it's highly likely they sell. Um, I think I think the league may force them to sell. I don't know if they can. I feel like they can. I'm not 100 on the terms there. Um, I think the city probably has some sort of say in this kind of thing. I think at least they can make it very difficult and just untenable to not sell. Um, but I, I think the next owner would probably look to keep them in the Atlantic League. I think the Atlantic League would need to see certain things to feel comfortable keeping them because it is also worth noting that. They got Hagerstown coming in, and that's going to make an odd number of teams next yeah, year. Because that's Frederick is staying. So, you know, if you get rid of Gastonia, that solves your problem. Uh, I know they want to keep expanding. Um, I've also heard rumors that maybe Charleston could be looking Frontier League to solve the Frontier League's Empire State Grays issue. So there's a lot of moving parts here. It really it creates an interesting balance. But I think there will be baseball in Gastonia next year. I mean, they built the whole stadium for it. I don't see them allowing that to happen a non you know even if it's one year without a team i think they will be but they, they will make it back to baseball there but 
uh, there's just so many questions about it and so many things that the new ownership needs to fix and make right. And like, it's going to be so important to get off the right foot for them. I really hope they can manage to do it. But uh, yeah, I think I don't see a way that this current ownership group isn't vested is still the leadership of this thing opening day next year for the Atlantic League. Yeah, that I think is fair to say. I, they're just not really tenable. I know from some of the other people I had talked to that it seemed like all in particularly skilled markets or skilled areas that guys are being paid even when they were supposed to be paid. Their rate was below market on that. And I asked a little bit on some of them like, hey, what's the communication structure like over there? And like, what's the marketing like? Is some of the money problem just like they never did a good job. So they never really had a steady income stream to work off of. And it was like, oh, it's just, it's all one way. It's got to go through one person. And yeah, that's not good when it's like, okay, particularly, and I asked like, cause they weren't in like any sort of a communication section. They were in a totally different part of it. And I won't go much more than that, but I was like, do you know, like for the comm people, like, particularly marketing people like obviously for any sort of campaign they got to have people sign off on it but like like everything like what was the situation there? like anything pretty much everything Bro, kind of, yeah yeah everything went through the same person and like it was a lot of yeah we'll do it yeah we'll do it yeah we'll do it and then not action like and that, that went from you know a salesperson who gets a sponsorship deal and they just need like uh, there was a story about uh, basically like Toyota. So it's not just small businesses that were getting screwed here. Also like a Toyota got screwed over. Like they're supposed to do some target, like a big target type sign in the outfield uh, down the wall, like kind of some home run promo or whatever it is. And um, yeah, like for months uh, she was, I had it on her desk. All she had to do, they got the pay that they fronted Toyota fronted the money, the part of the deal that was to pay for the sign. Yeah. And then they just never built the sign. They never got it done by like the actual business. And it was all like, even the sign company was ready to go on it. And then when finally they were threatened with a lawsuit. They were just like, Oh, and they got some like crappy vinyl sign and put it on the side of a batting cage that was out in the outfield. So there was a lot of that. There's a lot of, uh, Hey, that promo is a great idea. We like that. And then they don't execute or move forward. There's, uh, a lot of stories of, um, like, yeah, we understand what we have to do, and then there's no movement forward. Like immediately making decisions that say the opposite. Like almost um, like just surviving whatever conversation you're at the time, which is something that I think you'd see also in like Branca Jones uh, news appearances so far. Um, and like, look, at a certain point, I became more and more motivated to share this story personally because I've talked a little bit on here. Before. I've talked a bit on here. We'll say about my time in Lexington. Yeah, and I can't even fully express the level of deja vu and like literally anxiety I was getting from like rehashing things I had seen happen in Lexington. Like it was very much the same, including like delayed paychecks and with like weird uh, excuses. Like uh, they were talking about, Oh, the, um, in Gastonia, they were like, Oh, well, like someone hacked the bank or like there was an issue with the pay, uh, sort the, the payment company we use. And these ADP, it's like a massive company. It's not it's yeah, kind of it's ridiculous. Lexington the was trying to tell the story the of some miscommunication at one point between the bank and them because of a holiday. And I was like, you didn't know a holiday was on the calendar? That doesn't make sense. They have how many clients? Yeah. So like it, things like that, the sponsorships not being renewed. Like I got a lot of messages from people who were in Lexington last year who had seen the same stuff. Like 
it really is like this is almost like the the current blueprint for a failing organization i think if you look into similar ones you probably see a lot of the same stuff but um this definitely had the different aspect because this wasn't like an owner who was the one with the tight grip on things and sort of playing a shell game with what was actually happening this was the owner's girlfriend acting as coo which is just wild to continue to say but that was yeah that was it, it was very similar in some ways and also even more bizarre in other ones. Um, yeah. And yeah. Um, which is not doing yeah. the, what was that? I was going to say, which begs the question now for a new ownership that comes in here. Cause we talked about, you know, you kind of burned over sponsors, both small and large. That hurts the reputation of the team as a whole. Like obviously cleaning house helps a bit because you can at least say, look, we're different now. Only thing that's similar is name and brand. Part of what I was going to get to with the uh, communication being a one-way street is mm-hmm. the marketing never got done. So no. most people don't know the brand. If they don't know the brand, they don't know the team. They don't know the team. They don't come out to the ballpark. They don't come out to the ballpark. You lose two of the best ways you have to make money, which is ticket revenue and then merchandise slash concession sales, which by having nobody in the ballpark devalues what you can sell sponsorship wise and also, you know, a poor reputation to say in the yeah. business community also is going to drastically hurt what you can charge if you can find sponsors even at that point. And so that leads to the death spiral but more than that even if you do get new ownership and new leadership at the top it's still a very hard thing to convince people of and maybe yeah if you have like say pepsi for example they're more willing to roll the dice again even though they have no real need to advertise with you but maybe they're more willing to but if you're a small business that's been burned once you can't afford to take that risk twice even being burned once could put you out of business. Twice probably does that. So, yeah. you know, that's the the next question for new ownership, which is how do you repair that relationship with the business community? Especially because a lot of what you can do on day one is just talk, right? Like, yeah, you can fire the people that should have prevented this from getting to this point. But that's that's kind of hollow if you're the people that matter as far as dollars and cents go until you build up a reputation that's going to take a very long time you're going to be operating at a loss and a significant one at that so how do you repair that yeah uh, that's been a lot of conversation that i've had with people as well like how because there is i mean the amount of conversation indicates that there is you know a hunger for that team to be there whether it's because people want that there or because they're like well we spent the money on it like there's a stadium in the middle of town very full um, that is, I think, part of it as well. Um, I would also, it's worth noting, talking about the communication and marketing. I, it, what I hear is Veronica lives in Charlotte and she was, which is about 20 to 30 minutes away or 20 okay. miles away, I guess it was like 30 minutes and was mostly advertising to try to get people from Charlotte. And it's like they have one of the, they're like, a they borderline major league market. There. It's gorgeous. Yes. Yeah, so it's a whole thing. But, um, to the, main point we're talking about here for new ownership i think there's an avenue i think um between the very public issues being had with current ownership and the city's 
like Hungary did not have spent twenty six million dollars on a stadium without a professional baseball team. Mm. I, I think there's a chance you can the the future owner can get this thing at a good discount. Like I mean, for lack of a better term, and you know, possibly even I would say a discount from current ownership as they just try to get the hell out of there. Yeah. Um, and, and I think a discount maybe from the city on some things as well, like the maybe lease to start some things as you know, the city is also trying to save face while also escaping um, this situation of possibly having this stadium with nobody to fill it. So they might be willing, you know, they, they're dealing with the threat right now of a stadium that could become very hard to fill, especially as cities or stadiums don't sit empty very well and they don't, they, they tend to age a bit just doing that. Um, so, you know, they might be willing to eat a couple of years of lease payments and hold off how long it takes from the profit uh, in order to bring somebody in. So that might knock down the upfront cost if an owner is like really thinking things through. And then that way you can really pump money more into the community, all the things that were ignored, essentially. Yeah. The community, building trust with the, a local business, giving very business-friendly sponsorship deals, like things that, you know, where maybe you're not making the profit you probably could be on that deal because you know that you're not spending the money that you might have to otherwise, um, you know, cutting the overhead so you can cut other people some break on overhead and start yeah. making some things right. And Hey, it's also the thing of like, if the, if the person, if the team before you, if the organization before you sucked, it's a lot easier to look great, you know, sure. good cop, bad cop type of thing. So I think there's a good chance. And also there's boy, the people of Gastonia seem really keyed into where their tax money goes. I, I wouldn't be surprised too. If, if things are, you know, communicated well, that they might also feel uh, obligation or a want to to support this team that you know is keeping their stadium that they paid for, you know, filled, and maybe even just to give the finger to the previous ownership, they might want to come out and give the team a shot and gives you an opportunity to show them what you can do. That's fair. It gives me two two ideas that come to mind. One more serious than the other. The kind of more fun idea is new ownership day one first like giveaway. I feel like again foam finger night could really work as kind of uh um That's amazing. I love that. Like it's fun. It's kind of got that little double entendre thing going on. And mm-hmm. like on a oblivious you don't know what's happening level, it's like, oh cool, foam finger. And for those that do know, you know, if you put just like a fun little saying on there. Or maybe whatever the new thing will be, uh, I don't know, some sort of new era type slogan on there. And those that are kind of in the know, like that makes you feel like, okay, you know, we're doing this now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really think there's a lot you can lean into. And yeah. like, honestly, if everyone kind of has that agreement of like, like, kind of like yeah f those guys like you can kind of have some fun it'd be like and like build a whole brand around like a new i just say the license plate the a new start thing like yeah. like literally though like a, a motto is more like hey it's like a new start or like a bright future like talking about that kind of thing and like yeah. really frame it in a positive way true definitely and i think that goes to the second point that i have which is if i'm a prospective owner if I made the decision I want to buy this team, I want to get in there as soon as possible to cut any further damage being done. Like, Oh, yeah, I'd want to buy this thing before the offseason even starts. Yeah, like ideally, mm-hmm. like by the time this, this is going to go up on the 29th of uh, July, if I can get this deal done, and obviously it's going to be a, a decent size monetary deal, 
So I don't know if this is too quick or whatever. It, it may be. But if I can get this thing done before September 1, I would love to have this thing done where I still have a bit of this season left that maybe I'm not able to salvage anything from it, right? Maybe it is a bit of a lost cause, but if I could at least spend September from which the Atlantic League plays pretty much the length of September and Gastonia looks to be a playoff team at this point, if I can at least have September to figure out the situation, get a good grip on it, and be able to maybe experiment a little bit. Obviously, September, not a great month for that. Kids are back in school. People are winding down from the summer. You're probably not going to draw as well, especially not on the weekdays. And your weekends are going to be competing with more fall-like activities come September. But it is North Carolina. Maybe the climate's a little bit better than, you know, having 98 degrees at 7 o'clock first pitch. Maybe you're more like, 79 82 that kind of degree temperature where it's just you know kind of nice out so you still have some ability to try something even if it's a flawed sample you're working with to try something new to get a gauge on what works get some feedback at least be in the ballpark and get a feel for how things operate you know i'd love to have that month to be able to do that even if i could work something where while we're finalizing this deal i'm able to kind of interject myself into the business so i could see how this is operating right now obviously that's a much more difficult thing to swing for a whole host of reasons but right the sooner you can get in there the better and i almost feel like another idea i had which goes back to one of the things that we both deeply agree on which is yeah, you can make money on ticket sales, but I'd be more than happy to give away tickets for free if that meant I could get people into the ballpark to spend money in the ballpark, especially yep. on more, you know, high, higher margin type items. I almost feel like one of your games early on in this new ownership has to be like a Gaston, because right, it's Gaston County. Yeah. Yep. So like a Gaston County day type of thing where if you... Go to the uh, ticket window. You show your ID that shows you're from somewhere in Gaston County. You just walk in right for free. Maybe we're a little bit laxer on that kind of mm -hmm. a thing, right? Like maybe we don't check IDs, but we say you got to be a member or a resident of this county. And if we start to get a little too full, then we start to crack down on it. But we want to make sure we get that ballpark full because we need people in here. That kind of a thing. We drop the price down. Maybe you do special pricing for residents, things like that. Something that just shows you're making an effort on it. I understand that you have to be profitable at a certain point, but also you're never going to be profitable if you don't win back goodwill. Giving people stuff for cheap, which goes to what you were just saying a minute ago, is a great way at winning back goodwill. And a large chunk of it is with the business community winning that back, but also if you're not winning it back with the actual fan base community, then it doesn't really matter in the end because you still don't have people showing up there, which still, on a business level, devalues your product if nobody wants it. Yeah, I agree. And I, I was thinking about like how I would go about this. I don't know. I, that's just something I do for fun regardless. So I just yeah. like try to think, okay, if I'm that team, how do I operate from this position they're currently in? And I think, you know, we talked about it. If you could somehow, if you're a potential owner, get a deal done, hopefully a deal where you get a good 
deal, you know, yeah. based on the situation. Um, and, and the promise from, you know, the league will probably cut you a little bit of a break too, because now they are getting out of the situation probably by you making sure there's literally no lag. You're picking up mid season on that. Mm-hmm. Um, city feels the same, whatever. Uh, say you do come in start of September, that gives you 10 home dates. And, uh, I would definitely look maybe even at the Labor Day weekend and basically do, you know, it, hopefully you got that discount. You can start, you know, not worry about profit right off the bat and mm-hmm. do a, like welcome party or like get to know you weekend and have myself as the owner there every day talking to fans, talking about what they want, what was good, what was bad, what they want to see here and uh, seeing how like actually watching how game day operations work and the you know, tickets would be free and you'd encourage people to come out and maybe use some discount food. Don't go crazy. Don't do like it's some sort of special carnival atmosphere because you want people to not be like, well, that was fun, but it was a different type of event. Be like, it's a normal game, but like, you know, it's a, maybe a more welcoming, inviting, excited atmosphere. Mm. And, um, you know, incentivize for also, feedback. It, yeah. And it's so key to get a feel for what the, you know, things actually look like on a day where there's people in the ballpark, because that's what you want. Um, and being prepared for what that looks like, like uh, that aspect combined with the getting in front of people, talking to them and putting a positive taste in their mouth before, the season ends and this chaotic year ends. I think that that is more valuable than anything else. So that's how I'll go about it. But who knows? Um, mm. I really hope it, it happens soon and that they're an open minded. They has to be open minded ownership at this point. Cause good Lord. I mean, yeah. you, you know, you got a project coming, you know, it's, uh, but Hey, I would also say this too. There, the fact there's seems to be multiple owners sniffing around. It's there. I'm trying to think of the last time. There was an available, it was probably Gastonia three years ago, that's stupid of me to say, but uh, a team for sale with such a new stadium. Like, part of the reason Lexington had to be sold was because they had millions that they needed to do that stadium. You've been seeing they've been working on it all year. But, like, that means you're buying a team, which is millions, and buying, you know, all of your league responsibilities and player contracts and all that stuff, plus millions into a stadium. Um the fact that it basically needs minimal upkeep and maybe, you know, a little bit of adjusting to whatever you want to do that is, I mean, unmatched. I, I can't think of many other opportunities like that around the country. So I think that is definitely a selling point on them that they have over just about any other potential organization. If you're a uh, owner looking to buy. That is a fantastic point. Plus there seems to be support from the city for multiple mm-hmm. reasons. A fan yeah. base that as you've clearly found out is, wants to be engaged wants to be there people that seem to care so you have all that plus the new ballpark plus the proximity to charlotte does work obviously you're fighting the knights and if there winds up being a major league team that expands to charlotte who knows that could be a factor as well and all that it is a major outcrop area there is something you can do to work with that and there's also the natural rivalry with High Point there that you could play on. And should you get your house in order, you could probably start to do some sort of co-branding thing. Obviously, at this point, I don't think High Point really wants to, you know, be mentioned yeah. with them. They're yeah. like, we'd like to be left alone. We're doing our own thing here. And we're doing pretty well at it, too. So there are a lot of positives to Gastonia. And it's just a matter of you need someone that has the patience and the wherewithal to get them to that point. And the only other point I really have on this before we'll move on to a couple other things in the Atlantic League and a couple other things elsewhere is just as a prospective owner, 
you're in a very interesting position because you see the amount of work that's ahead of you and there's obviously a lot of homework you have to do on that purchase there. It's not an inexpensive commitment that you're making and it's not a short-term commitment either. So it's a lot of money for a long time. So you want to take your time with it and make sure you're making a good investment and make sure you have at least the outline of a solid business plan before you rush into it. But on the flip side of the coin, every day you wait, that mountain gets to be about a foot higher. There's more work that needs to be done. So you have to find and strike this perfect balance between making sure you're not rushing into this and committing to the same mistakes that have already been made and essentially just resetting the clock a year before we're in the same boat again. And then, you know, at that point, two strikes. While we may be talking about a baseball team, you don't get three strikes at this. So... (laughs) So mm-hmm. you have to make sure you have everything in order, but you just can't wait to get it in order, which makes me think that those prospective owners from the last offseason are probably in the best position to attack it because I have to imagine they already kind of had an idea of what was going on and they already kind of had the formings of a plan here. They at least weren't starting at step one. They were at least at step two or three. So I'm kind of inclined to go with that. Yeah. Um, I agree. Knowing that that owner, I unfortunately think that's one of the less likely options. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we will see. Yeah, that's one where I'm like, yes, but also, oh, damn. Um, the I'm trying to like sort through in my head. Because there is also, we talk about the opportunity. My weird concern, too, is with the urgency from the city and the urgency from probably the league, the urgency from the sellers and an urgency from the buyers, I am so worried that, that we're going to get a rush in situation where you're like, because it, it is common sense to be like, well, you know, like whoever is getting involved with this knows what they're signing up for, whatever. But also there's not many professional baseball teams, you know, that go up for sale. And there are a lot of people who would like to buy a baseball team, believe it or not. And I think a lot of people who would like to buy one specifically in a new stadium, and I do worry that we could see someone rush in and everyone to be like happy. Okay. We have a solution. We have solutions. It's gotta be better. And you know, where are we in two, three years? So that's what I really don't want to see is like a, what the hell type of ownership buy? Who was it? Um, Oh God. I want to say, was it Lowell? Someone, there was a report not long. I think he, you, uh, you commented cause it was from like what ballpark digest and you're blocked yeah. by them on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, so you were tagged in that. That's so funny. Um, yeah, I love when I get tagged the, right with that stuff, by the way, real yeah. quick. Because everyone's like, what do you think of this? I'm like, I would love to comment on that if I could see what you're referencing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, God. I don't know if I remember exactly what it was. I can't find it. But it was somebody looking to renovate a stadium. and uh, Or no, it was a stadium that's currently empty up in the Northeast. I want to say it's Lowell, but God, I, I'm not 100% on that thing. Um and they were like, oh, there's a potential owner's torrent talking about renovating the thing. And we got tagged in, like, hey, what about this potential option? Totally cool. Glad someone tagged me in it because I would have missed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, I swear, I did a little bit of looking into the guy. And he's, like, some weird, like, I don't know if it was Russian, but, like, that area. Uh, like billionaire with like family, Yeah, family money. Bio story of him with, like, 20-plus kids with 
women all over the place and he's like super eccentric and like but one of those things of like is he eccentric or is he just a d-bag and like with money and i'm like like that's the problem is there's a lot of that out there too you gotta be really careful um a lot of people who have money don't necessarily have the sense of somebody who made that money on their own and that's where we really run into some headaches there so uh yeah that is what I worry about a ton when it comes to a potential new owner in any of these markets. Bringing it back to Estonia, actually, at this point, I mean, talking about any market that's looking to expand and build, they're going to have to build a ballpark or whatever, fully renovate something. Um, I do think Estonia's ballpark is, you know, there's some oddities, as I've said now, but mm-hmm. it's a really interesting model for how to do it. They, if you don't know, they have 1,500 seats but they have like 4,800 capacity, something like that, or 4,500 something because they have everything is like either like basically the entire outfield is open concourse way, like wide open concourse way with a big bar area in the back, like towards center field. They have lots of group spaces, lots of like suite spaces, if I recall. And and essentially if you've been in front office, you know how key groups are. And a lot of nights, like if it's a big night, you know, you can sell a ton of tickets and food packages and all that and make a ton of money off of a group area and you might run out of group areas to sell. So it's an interesting way to make sure you're profiting and you can continue to sell tickets. Even if you sell your seats, you know, you can keep selling. They've good, like a grass berm to sit on. They got options for people who want to go. I think I would definitely look at the way they went about building that ballpark. I think it's a fascinating way to go about it with, you know, not a ton of empty seats. All the seats are good because they're so close and a lot of ways to make money off of groups. I think I do think they, and this is the city, I guess. The other ones you built, I think they they did a good job. Honestly, write down stadium. Uh, I don't even know how to, but like, I'm trying to figure out how to word this for on the list of either videos to do or total episodes for the off season of just, I guess, stadium construction or stadium design, because that's one I have a a lot of thoughts on. And I think the architecture behind it, too, plays a non-insignificant factor on it. But uh, I guess let's wrap up the whole Gastonia conversation now uh, so that way we can move on to the few other things we have for the week. Uh, Any final thoughts on it that weren't otherwise in the video or that we haven't otherwise said in the past hour? Uh, No, just, you know, check out the video if you'd like more information on it and, you know. Again, this isn't trashing the the employees there, the lower, you know, not low level, but you know, what I mean, like feel like on the ground. Just like people. two or three people very, responsible for this, and it's yeah, more directed exactly towards right. them. Yes, exactly right. So hopefully, we can get some good results going for them. That'd be awesome. All right. So, uh, with that said, let's move on to the next topic. Also, you guys are seeing why baseball talk had hit the chopping block this week. Um, mm-hmm. This one, we kind of, I guess we kind of missed this, but it also came out later, so, you know, kind of on us. Uh, Wellspan Park was vandalized. That's uh, the home of the Revs. It was yeah, early man. in the month. Um, July 1st through 5th, someone uh, poured a mysterious substance on the field, which, frankly, I think it's probably going to wind up being, like, Roundup. That's what it seems like. In any case, it basically burned out parts of the field. It's large sections. It's, what, about a third of the field, you'd say? Uh, yeah, that, that's fair. Maybe a quarter or something like that. Yeah, between a quarter and a third. It's noticeable. Extremely yeah, noticeable. And they had to reseed the whole thing. Like, the whole, not the whole field, but like the, 
Like it wasn't oh, small enough where you could just kind of patch. You had to like reseed the areas that were affected. Which in the middle of July is not exactly the easiest feat. Tough uh, scene. Yeah. Yeah. No, grass is really meant to be grown in like spring and fall. That's grass. Not season. July, that's for sure. Yeah, especially not July. That's the hottest on record. So not great for growing anything especially grass especially grass that's supposed to host a professional baseball team for to what would be that point uh a whole half of a season still yeah just about yes yeah so about yeah, you're right. 60 some odd games roughly yeah yep you're on it so not exactly great that's a lot of uh a lot of usage it's going to get, and it's not exactly like the grass that was burnt was only like, say, foul ground or infield grass. There's sections of outfield burnt too, so it's high use areas too. Um, yes. Any case, there is a 5K reward for information uh, about the uh, vandalism, and uh, the damage I saw at one point was estimated to be uh, several tens of thousands of dollars. I thought I saw. At one point, the team throw out like it was a hundred thousand in damage, and I don't believe probably like thirty, but even still, it's a lot of money that it cost them. Mm-hmm. That certainly is not a planned expense in the operating budget. Yes, I yeah, that is definitely not what they intended to be spending a bunch of money on. Uh, what are your thoughts on this, man? I feel like again, like I don't know much about it, but I feel like this screams like ex-employee that was pissed off or kids that broke mm-hmm. in and vandalized the place i i firmly are, am on the side of like some sort of former employee i'm firmly against it being kids because i don't think i just think the odds aren't good that kids got in there and like odds are good of that i've yeah. literally done similar but it, uh, that you then would be like what should we do let's mess up the field okay even if they do reach that point which they could to be like let's go get chemicals which it's a lot of chemical, it seems like. That's what holds and me up is the to quantity. know what to use and to be like, to have the wherewithal to be like, oh, let's go get that and mess it up from one. That means like someone knows that for sure, which is a weird knowledge to have. And then two, to have the wherewithal to be like, let's go to the grounds crew area and like get that and then spray that. Like, I just think there's too many like weird leaps in that. It makes so much more sense of some sort of former employee because that's so personal. It's so premeditated. Then, and also, there's no talk of a break-in, right? I still haven't yeah. seen that. Maybe I missed it, but it seems like no talk of a break-in. You know, it's not being treated that way. It's just being treated as vandalism at this point. Mm-hmm. So, so like, it is a very accessible field. So if somebody like hopped it without damaging something, okay, I get see, that. That's, that's the thing I didn't know because I've never been to York Stadium, so I don't know how accessible it was. But like, it's a fairly easy one if, let's say, you just wanted to climb a fence and hop in. Yeah, I would say so. Um, I wasn't saying, you know, obviously, you shouldn't do that, by the way. Easiest, but I'm sure if you were to like walk around, you'll probably find one of those weird spots where it's like a wall on the fence and you can kind of work up it. Okay. Um, can you tell I had a childhood? Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, you definitely shouldn't try to break yeah. in the private property, though. Don't do that. We don't want to be liable for that. Don't break in the private the, property, kids. The tricky thing, so there's a couple of weird ones that stood out to me as somebody who's been there a few times is... Well, yeah, I've been there a bunch. But anyway, my point being, weird things about it. One, I feel like they have security. It would be very weird they didn't have security. So they're, I don't know, maybe they have security footage of the person they haven't released it or that person knew how to avoid that. Um, the other thing would be there are a lot of like, um, uh, I'm trying to find the right word, non-obvious places to like 
break in or get into the stadium because if you haven't been there, it's in kind of a cool spot. So all down the first base and like right field side is an old train line that's not used, but there's like a big like some sort of station building or maybe an old like industrial building that runs along that side. And then in the back, there's like a, a corporate parking lot. And then as you get to left center, that's out in right field, then into left center, you have like a basketball court in center. Left center has houses. And like there's, that's maybe why the wall is there also to sort of protect those houses, that famously big wall. But yeah. from that whole left field side, so right field has some like blocking to it and not a lot of people around. Like it's not like on main road. The other one is Arch Street, which is, yeah, like a used road, but it's generally just like a small side road. And it's got a creek on the other side of it. So there's not a lot of people there, too. So I could see if you knew what you were doing and you either had a key, obviously, that'll help. Or if you didn't, like, you'd probably know a way you could get in without, you know, the whole world seeing that you're doing that. Because they, they must have had some time, too, if they felt comfortable enough to go through all this. That's, that's I, don't, I don't know. I don't mean to go full true crime on this, but that's definitely what I was thinking. Because like, I love that park. I love that. It's a gorgeous feel, too. It's a very cool, unique environment for like a kind of a cool mix of new and old school there. So I love that place. I was disappointed to see this happen. Yeah. See, honestly, I, I got to say, I need to see your uh, true crime version of this. I need to see that. That should be your next oh, thing. Right. I know. I thought about it. I, 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 that was my initial thought before I was even doing some accidental journalism doing the Gastonia story. Um, this would be lighter yeah, and more I, fun. I guess so until I stumble into some other corruption by accident. Um, it's it actually the team owner. Oh my God. Right. Some sort of weird insurance thing. Uh, but yeah, I think the, the popular thought seems to be former employee just based on knowledge and potential access. And then, I mean, it must seem more likely than not maybe a grounds person because that would suggest why they'd be mad enough to ruin the grounds person's work. You know, obviously, you could just be mad at the team and want to do that, but like, it seems so aimed in particular. Like, you could smash windows if you wanted to, also. Like, they didn't do that. Yeah. Um, it just feels like that might be the avenue. I don't know. Yeah. Cause, like, the more I think about it, like, you make a good point with the high school kids, it'd be hard for them to do it. And that's why, like, it's just hard because of the quantity of it. Cause, like I said, mm-hmm. like, it doesn't take much knowledge to know, like, oh, I could just throw Roundup or Bleach on this and that should kill it. And that'll work. But also, I'm thinking, like, if it's, like, high school or college-age kids, they're also at the point where they're dumb enough to do something stupid, like, write something on the field and not just have a giant Mm -hmm. burnt-out patch or design something onto the field. So, you know, there would be some sort of a mark. And I feel like York is a large enough area where maybe you don't know everybody but the kind of people mm-hmm. that would do it, you'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, that would be your usual suspects to start with. And then you could pretty much build out from there. It's not like we're dealing with, you know, metropolitan New York here. Uh, so there's yeah. that that works against it. I think team employee would make sense. But at the same time, too, you'd have to assume an organization keeps track of recently fired or laid off personnel for this very circumstance so that way you have a short list of uh, candidates or suspects rather to operate off of i almost wonder and i know this is going to be it's going to be a little hot takey i admit but it would be something if it was a player wouldn't it a formerly released player or something like that maybe has to be somewhat local unless they're releasing like 24 hours 
That's the thing. Like, if it's a former player that has some sort of beef there or has beef with maybe some of the coaches or or a former teammate or something, because they would know their way around the ballpark. That would make sense. They would have some knowledge of the chemical, I would imagine, just from being around ballparks and whatnot. And I imagine a lot of, you know, stadiums have that kind of thing either laying out or they just talk to the ground screw guys because you're around them pretty much every day. So Yeah, and I believe the grounds area and the player area is not overly separated there. That's not something I know for a fact, but if I remember off the top of my head, that's kind of the way it is. Yeah, so that would make sense there too. You see that guy kind of walking around. If it's close enough to the time of release, you wouldn't really think anything of it. Like, oh, they probably just, you know, if you're security, like, oh, he just needs to go pick up his stuff or whatever. Or if you see him on camera, you're just like, oh, yeah, no, he was he's supposed to be there. He could be there. So you have that kind of connection there. Or if you need to do any sort of athletic kind of uh, action to get into the ballpark, as a former player, I mean, or like current player, I guess, but former player on the team, you should have the kind of athleticism to be able to either scale a wall or climb a fence. Like that's, you know, not crazy to think. So like it does kind of make sense, although it would be just so incredibly petty and not at all worth the risk to do that logically it doesn't make much sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's really odd. And where it really gets complicated. So I, I actually feel like they might get the person. I think it's a short, if it's a former employee, there's a short list to work through for investigating. Yeah. Um, relatively short. It's not like, you know, who, murdered this person and it could yeah. be anyone in the city yeah um, like five, I, five people here to work yeah with. yeah and then you look at if it is a random person that's a good bit of chemical so like you can look at very likely if they made that purchase somewhere you can that will give you a list of suspects as well because you just have to start looking through local shops or deliveries on that product um, and they are chemical testing, so you should get a pretty specific answer what the hell it is. But yeah. it, I mean, if it's not one of those, yeah, I think it's it may be unlikely that they get them. But if it fits in one of those two categories, I think this person could be in trouble. Because the other yeah. thing is that field, like the corner of that left field, is like within 200 feet of the creek there that runs right through York, and like that, that drains into that. Uh, they confirm that in the story. Like huh? <laughs> that's chem, that's chemical dumping into what goes into the creek that goes to New York. Like that's going to be, that's that's where, yeah. And I mean, I don't know, like uh, it it depends what they jump on and what they don't. I mean, if you want to be technical about it, pouring gasoline on your baseball field is also an EPA violation. Fair. But, um, mm -hmm. but the, I would say this is a far more interesting situation because the gasoline lease was immediately burned. This obviously seemed to run into the field into the drainage as designed to go directly into that creek. Oh, man, that would not be great. I mean, like, honestly, though, if you're one of those people that live in the houses whose water goes through that creek, and obviously I would assume... Oh, wait, that's actually a good point, though. Like, are most of the houses over there well water, or are they city water? I don't know. I don't think if they are, I'm not sold that they get the water from that creek. Okay. But also, I do think that creek probably does eventually lead to it has to lead to either right now probably does lead to some sort of treatment which is probably being used for something if it's a treatment plant then it should be fine because it gets treated through fine oh shoot hold up 
Yeah. What is this? Because yeah, it does lead somewhere. I think okay. it leads to a dam. Well, okay, <laughs> not great. Yeah, I was gonna say like if it so leads to a, lead, if it goes to a I'm reservoir, not sure it's water, though. yeah, if it's a reservoir, it shouldn't be that bad unless there's a there would have to be an awful lot of it. Otherwise, it should yeah, just, I agree. I don't think it's through. My concern, more or less, is if there's an aquifer at some point. Because if there's an underwater I, I think, aquifer, then that's a problem. Yeah. yeah. I think now we're talking it probably that. isn't going directly into any sort of drinking water, but I do think it's still going directly into water. And I think that's where they're going to run into their issue. Yeah. I mean, like, that's... You know what would be, like, the funniest and also kind of saddest conclusion? And then I guess we'll move on to the other things here. But if it was just, like, imagine some Lancaster fan that was like, oh, I'm going to punk him. And then wound up doing that, and now it's facing, like, dumping charges on top of, like, possible EPA violations and shit like that. What they thought was going to be, like, kind of a harmless prank is now wound up being a borderline felony. <laughs> it's Harvey Updike. Yeah, yeah dude. Uh-huh. As an Auburn fan, I've seen this happen. Yeah. Yeah. This is that Alabama fan who poisoned the tree. Oh, I forgot about the tree, dude. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's hard. hard. He was like, it's just supposed to be a prank. It was because we put an Auburn jersey on Bear Bryant statue. And that was, you know, how it happened. You know, really try to ruin the one national championship that we bought. Good times. But, um, yeah, it was, in fact, I wouldn't, here's the other thing. I wouldn't be completely surprised if they didn't use the same thing. It was like spiked ADDF or some chemical. Yeah. I'm betting this person, there is a potential that they're not creative enough to come up with their own thing. Um, yeah. either way, I think that, um, yeah, it's going to be, if they find this person, it's going to be way more trouble than I thought they're getting into. Um, if it, I also don't sleep on the possibility that's a local who just hates yeah. the stadium. <laughs> like that's such a real possibility too. Like, I live oh my god! Imagine if it was miles, just like a dude. Miles. Yeah. What was that? Imagine if it was just like a dude that got his house hit by a baseball or something. <laughs> like Nelly went well, deep on one. <laughs> even like I live what like three miles from Reading Phillies, but like the fighting Phillies, cool guys. Uh, they three miles, but like I can hear their fireworks from where I'm at. And like they do forty fireworks nights a season. Oh Jesus like, Christ! Like if I'm if I'm a neighbor, I don't know how many York does. That's Reading, but like I'm I right around Fourth of July weekend. Yeah, that's possible. I mean, that had knowledge of the stadium. Yeah, yeah. He if they pop up on like one of the cameras that's walking around there, it's just like oh he's a local, you know, like that's what they do. Wouldn't know where to park. Because they probably had to like drive over with whatever was going, walk over with it. Yeah, the sub- chemical in suburban uh, busybody would definitely know general lawn care chemical. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, man, the whole not here. Yeah, I York could- is so accessible. It means it's one of those ballparks. I don't know if you've seen one like this, but it's like got the center field driving gate. Okay, where like the center field wall has a gate in it that literally you can drive like a full truck on. To, yeah, I've seen like, those before. Yeah, yeah, uh, like yeah, New York, and that like goes that. right out to the road. So, like, there's a lot of ways in if you know what you're doing. Oh, plus they got the cannon too. Oh yeah, man, they got a cannon that many nights a week, dude. All, yeah. all you need is to have a baby that won't sleep, 
I could see that. If I have a baby oh, yeah. that won't sleep and you get to sleep and all of a sudden, boom, because somebody went Yahtzee on some like sad 22 <laughs> year old, like I could definitely see myself being like, that's it. We're destroying the field. That's yeah. it. I'm going to jail for this. Yeah. I think, uh, I think it's 10 firework nights a year. It's every Saturday. It looks like. Okay. That's about right. Yeah. But every and... night's a cannon night, baby. Yeah, and they were away in High Point there, and then they had, oh wait, 11. I forgot to count the 4th of July game. I was there on the 4th, man. I yeah. was literally there. It, it occurred to me, someone has pointed out too, and it did occur to me, I mean, they ch- they shoot their fireworks off on the field. So if there was some sort of weird chemical that might have come from that possible, and, you know, but I, I don't know. I don't, I don't see the pattern that you would think of there. I like how they have a Spanish version of their schedule too, just as a side. Yeah. But... Uh, yeah, that also I'm looking at, but it does look like they don't shoot the cannon off on Wednesday nights, although they do shoot it off for day games. So I could also totally see a situation where like, if you're putting a kid down for a nap in the middle of the day, which is, that's fairly normal. And then just one camp day game, some dude tees off on one of the cannon goes off. Uh, yep. that Chaos, scenario yeah. makes me so it just makes me laugh so much I just find it funny as hell because it's just like such a realistic possibility and that's just how and, that and kind of thing been there, dude. Yeah, it is so loud it is it's really loud I mean the what entire ballpark mean? if they're not ready for it, the enti- it like I've seen people who have seen negative like, oh, like do a little like that little like duck jump thing like Head goes down, like shoulders go up. Like, Holy God! Like, yeah, you can't do this the cannon yeah, on the senior slugger day, though. You do this on the senior slugger day, you're gonna have EMTs taking out so many old people because of heart attacks. Can't have it happening. I know, but luckily York pays their EMT, so it's okay. Uh, any case, oh God. <laughs> any case, let's talk about the uh, the organization that banned me on Twitter. Uh, or blocked me on Twitter because Ballpark Digest got their uh, mid-season Atlantic League All-Stars up. Uh, what do we got? One for every position except for the outfield. We got three there, plus a utility man, and oddly four starting pitchers with two relievers and two managers, for what that's worth. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, just running I'm, through. I wasn't big yeah. on this. I'm just going to preface it with that, like, I don't know. I usually do my own all-star thing. I probably still will at some point, but I'm, I've been busy as we can tell. So, but yeah, I, sorry if I, I don't have a ton of thoughts on this, but like, support, there's something egregious in here. It's just like, yeah, okay. Baseball digest, ballpark digest. Sure. Yeah. It is what it is. Weird source for this kind of thing. They're not usually, you know, what I think of when I think of talent, uh, appraisal. Yeah. Like the great on stadium news and like team branding and stuff like that. Pretty good yeah. at that. But talent appraisal, I, I would agree with you on that. Uh, any case, going catcher through utility man here. Uh, there'll be three outfielders. You'll know them. Um, uh, catcher starting there. Uh, Bo Taylor from High Point, first base. Thomas Dillard, Lexington, second base. Shed Long Jr. High Point only unanimous selection. Nor does it say who voted. Yeah, nor does I it think say it's how many internal league selection. Uh, and then they have a partnership with Ballpark Digest because, of course, they do. Like, why would you not have the most random? Like, I mean, again, I like ball. I love Ballpark. We were just saying about how much we love CMR Coach. I love Ballpark Digest. Sorry, they blocked you, but yeah, like, I really wish they don't like block the me. WTF 
association to pick to do your all-star reveal it and it's like such an atlantic league thing just be like yeah that's what we'll do <laughs> what yeah, they just, <laughs> all right yeah, they're big in the scene we'll go with them it's like okay but like you sure like I'm our sure sports central would make more sense well I'm, yeah right well i'm sure they also want aggressive coverage of their expansion efforts as Fair. mixed as they are <laughs> Maybe they don't want to. Maybe they want to tone that down. But yeah, any yeah, case, I'm not seeing ballpark. I just report on that. By the way, fascinating. Yeah, interesting. Funny. Yeah. Funny how the league partners don't. Uh, someone's on about that. to get blocked on uh, mm-hmm. on there because I I didn't Sorry. even do anything to get blocked. I still am trying to figure out why I was blocked. But uh, any case, uh, shortstop uh, Trent Gimbranti or Giabranti. Yeah, sure. All right, we'll go with that. He's from York. Either way, he's playing in a burnt out field. Uh, Ambroni, you got it. Yeah, Sorry, I was just checking. You're fine. Yeah. Uh, third base, Carlos Franco, who is formerly of Gastonia, now in the Mexican League. Good for him. His contract probably helped get a couple of people paid. Uh, oh God, right? Yeah, that's why. And I made the same thing when Gabe got his contract purchased a couple of days ago. I was like, oh well, this will help the situation. I mean, no lie. Like, I think just player contracts have probably attributed the math was like eighty four thousand dollars to that budget. And they're still not paying people. Crazy. You can pay off a lot of debt with those contracts. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just saying when we get this whole thing sorted out, Brady deserves a raise because he is really putting a lot of money into this organization. A raise or? At least priority. Or opportunity, my guys. Uh, like, give him his check on Thursday so that way he can get ahead of the bank rush. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> See, I really hate to poke fun at this, but like, there's opportunities, and I'm not going to lie, I'm going to take them every time. Uh, any case, again, to the outfield, there's Bobby Bradley from uh, Charleston, Leobaldo Cabrera from uh, Spire City. Was he ever in Myrtle Beach? I feel like he was. Because I, I feel like I've seen this dude play in Myrtle Beach, and I feel like I have a Leobaldo Cabrera card. And I'm too lazy like to go try and... past two episodes. Yeah, I've, I'm too lazy to go find my Pelicans media guy, which I have No, Myrtle somewhere. Beach, my guy. Yeah. But it was in the Yankee system for a few years. That's what you're thinking of? It could be. I don't know. I, there's definitely someone there that, that has a similar... Maybe it's a different Leobaldo Cabrera. I could see there being multiple there's Leo Cabreras. Not that many Cabreras in baseball. <sighs> Zach Air from Gastonia is the other one outfielder. Sure. D.H. Uh, Braxton Davidson, also Gastonia. Man, they're noticing a trend here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let you pronounce the utility man's name. He's from Spire City. Oh, yeah, I got you. Uh, uh, Marmalaeus. Jose Marmalaeus? Yeah, I was going to get close to Nobody sent me a correction. I, I'm not going to correct you because I don't think I could. I think that's Appreciate the best it. we're going to do here. Hey, man, I'd take that as a win. It's a perk exactly. of being on the spot. <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, starting pitching. Uh, Mickey Janis, High Point. Stephen Woods Jr., Long Island. Who I, didn't he just get traded? Or am I thinking Tarpley? Um, uh, Maybe Tarpley. No. Yeah, Tarpley. Tarpley yep. got traded. Okay, I knew it was someone mm-hmm. like that. but I saw a deal go through. I wasn't sure which one, but it does make sense. Tarpley would be the guy. Any case, Nick Riquette and Mitch Lampson, York and Southern Maryland, although in Lampson's case, he's now in China. Uh, yeah. It kind of rounds out the squad there. Uh, relief pitching, Ryan Dull from York mm-hmm. and Al Albuquerque from Long Island. 
managers are James uh, Ryan Dell from Hyper. That's all I was gonna say. Oh, okay. I haven't been. Yeah, you that you flipped up a a a row. I think that would make sense. Yeah, I was gonna say like I wrote it down as York though, so like that's. That's on, me. that's on me. I'm gonna. Yeah, there's that a one. dull. There's a dull in York too, I believe. Okay, we're just gonna we're gonna continue on because don't bother me now. So yeah. just let me. I'm okay. following up on my own. You can continue on. All right, uh, and then the two managers. We'll see are, if shit getting edited. <laughs> the two managers are Jamie Key from High Point and Wally Backman from Long Island. So all that pretty much makes sense. Uh, pretty much, you took your half winners and they got to be managers. So. Good for them. Odd way of doing the teams. I probably would just said do six pitchers in general, but hey, they do them. So I will interject now on the Ryan Dull point. Yeah, yeah. Ryan Dull, that's right. Um, Hagerstown's name, because now we know the name of the Hagerstown team. Flame boxers are a long name. My last point is that uh, I don't necessarily support the Atlantic All-Star team concept. Support the guys on it, but they are being cheap by not doing an all-star game and it's hurting everybody. So, okay, good talk. Uh, flying yeah, boxcars, well, I mean, that's the winner. Uh, yeah. Plays tribute to the construction of military planes in the 40s and 50s that were referred to as flying boxcars. Uh, and as I wrote down in my notes, the effing boxcars are set to join the uh, mm-hmm. Atlantic League in 2024. See, it's fun because the first one's flying. They didn't think it through. In yeah. fact, if you were really to shorten it, you could just drop every letter in there besides the B and the S, so the effing BSs. If you would like, and, you know, I think it's there. It's kind of how, like, Southern Maryland, like, the go-to abbreviation on them is SMD, kind of wild. Uh, yeah, they're going to want to abbreviate that one carefully. Yeah, it definitely is. Although I have tried to be good about that, where I go S-O-M-D. But yeah, yeah I, I like that they couldn't even do SOM because like Somerset was there. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah I, I like okay, I like the history. I think it's cool. They could do some cool stuff with it. This is one where I'll, I'll make a full judgment when they see logos and things like that. But um, yeah, it's interesting. It, it's hard for me to move on from how good Hagerstown Haymakers felt. Yeah, the alliteration yeah. was next level. Yeah, it was really good. I that felt really good about that. But yeah, you know, whatever. I, I gotta believe that they know what they're doing, and we'll see. Um, I'll say, talking to Hagerstown, I, I do feel uh, they have a live stream of their ballpark construction. Oh yeah, I've seen that. Not yeah. much going. Yeah, not much going. But I'm am impressed by the area. Like it looks nice. Like it looks like there could be potential there. And I, it does remind me that this is a slightly different situation than a lot of the other ones. Like. You know, a team was there and then failed or whatever. Like, this was a weird, they got cut by Major League Baseball. And a lot of it, if I'm correct, which I might not be, I understand. I was in the meetings, but like, it did feel like a lot of the issues came from, you know, not building a stadium. And now they are building a stadium. It, I know the, the market wasn't the biggest supporter of the team, but also I, I don't think it was known for being a bad market. They, for decades, supported professional baseball so I, I think there's a good oppor- there's a good chance that Hagerstown does well I'm more optimistic about Hagerstown than I have been in a while about New Market fair very fair I'm watching this live stream now and obviously nothing's happening it's quarter after 12 at night but they have made progress on this thing it does seem interesting yeah they have now I don't know much about town of Hagerstown I've driven through a couple times I don't claim to be an expert but I hope 
is something that can get some potential going, man. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, the Atlantic League yeah, needs a win. They really do, man. It's been it's been a tough go. But anyways, we got other stuff we got to finish here, so let's let's get that right. Uh, switching off the Atlantic League, we're gonna go and hit the one thing in the American Association that finished with a bit of frontier news. We have a contract purchase we got to mention. Uh, I originally wrote down a prop about Rocky Mountain's win streak, but then they lost last night after I wrote everything out. So we are down to one prop. Luckily, Lexington's keeping us going. So thanks to them for that. Mm. But American Association News, they signed a 10-year partnership deal with PaySurve Global, uh, which will now be the exclusive point-of-sale system for the American Association uh, this is apparently their first foray into the North American sports market. Uh, so they're looking to get a foothold there. I don't know anything about PaySurve Global. I'm not going to pretend to know anything about PaySurve Global. It seems like a deal that, at worst for fans, is like the system may not be great because it's not one of the major ones. But it could also just be pretty mundane and boring and does nothing. From a player's perspective, I don't really think this means anything. From a league perspective, hopefully they got paid and they're doing a really good job of getting coverage to each of the league sponsors. Yeah, I don't have a ton of input on this piece of it. I'm sure, you know, I think it was only released as a press release because it was probably somewhere in the contract. Yeah. That's always my vibe on that kind of thing. Yeah, poo-pooing it. I mean, hey, hey, look, as we've learned this week, anytime checks are being processed, it's a good thing. Yeah, secure the bag, and there's a reason why it's safe to call them. The American Association is the best front office of the core four indie leagues at the moment. There's a reason for that. Yeah, agreed. Then the Pioneer League has some real potential to shoot up, but they're not there yet, and they have a, an interesting couple of years facing them. So we'll see how that goes. Yes. To be determined, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so that brings us to the final news piece for the week and probably the final uh, real major point of the week. This is Valley Cat News. Their all-star closer, Raymond Goudon, has left the team for personal reasons. Uh, apparently, he left with little to no notice to the team. And the team was only made aware through his agent, and uh, there is some speculation that maybe it has something to do with either his usage or the fact that his family was originally in town and then it was shortly after that that he left and went home. That's all in the article that is linked in the show notes along with all the articles uh, that we mentioned this week. So, yeah. Big loss for the Valley Cats, who are in the middle of a hot streak. They're doing very well right now. I think they're about half game mm-hmm. out of first in the East. Probably one of the top three teams in the Frontier League. And a top ten team in Indie Ball at the moment. I think it's safe to call them that. So, yeah. uh, it's certainly a major loss to them. Yeah, it's a weird one. Uh, I don't want to even like put out... Actually, Tri-City is now in first place. Oh, yeah? Quebec lost tonight? Half game up. Yes, they did. Damn, that's not happening. So that would be Tri City now in first place. How was that, man? Um, Damn. I mean, I don't want to venture too much of a guess because you know it, the only real input we have is from Pete at this point, and that's Tri City Media. 
Um, by the way, Tri City hates really good coverage from their local news. Yeah. By the way, like uh, and maybe that's me really noticing it after the week I've had with Gastonia, but like, boy, like there's multiple like in depth like they're talking about like transactions and like roster churn. Like, yeah, in Mark their news. Sin- it's interesting. Yeah, Mark Singlis, I think, is the guy there. He does a really good job. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, I would say, oh, like, you know, that's the only source we really have. Um, so, you know, maybe that is what's up, but it, who knows? It could be something else going on there, too. So, yeah, it is weird to not, I, I believe that there was not communication. That I don't know why you'd throw that out there with, you know, yeah. without just because um but who knows what the reason was it's interesting to see i mean the usage because he said you know what the agent said something about like there's only so many bullets in that gun got me thinking about what his usage was i tracked down his usage not that crazy he did just recently pitch back-to-back games but one of those outings was three pitches and they were like 19 okay, so i don't so know about like, that um like 22 he wasn't like one of those you know yeah i think by innings or by pitches thrown he wasn't one of the top 10 relievers in the league okay. or by appearances so yeah, I mean, it didn't stand out. I do wonder. I mean, he was pitching really well, and I, and I do wonder if maybe he just said, you know, that's the body of work. Like, why hang around and get, you know, tagged and, you know, all of a sudden your numbers don't look as good. You can leave with good numbers and maybe under not the best terms, but then you can sell your wares in a way on uh, to whatever team is looking to buy. And I, I honestly know that there is a growing there, – there's also a popular philosophy that, you know, you can – you can throw on uh, film with, you know, uh, whatever your rap soda or whatever you would like to, you know, track your data uh, and send that data to people. There's That's a theory out there. So who knows what him and his agent are thinking. So that's also possible. There's so many possibilities on that one. Maybe as many as the York Field situation. Yeah, but the York Field one's a little bit more fun to speculate on because it's got way more of a mystique to it than this one. But yeah. Yeah, because it could be like could be a little dark sided too like you not like that i think this way but like it did cross my mind i'm like well like could be an elbow thing that he doesn't want to have on the record and he felt something and he's gonna go get some rest and maybe we'll work on it if he has a way to fund it without the team where it doesn't have to be officially reported that's a possibility there's so many weird things it could be yeah there's a lot but i think that's unlikely by the way i'm just saying like if we really drill down to all the weird possibilities like that that is one of the weird possibilities yeah, I mean, that's the thing. There's a lot there. I will say, though, the conversation that I didn't expect to spring from it that did kind of come to me was the amount of people that had a comment on whether or not this was professional and whether or not Pete was overreacting to it. And it's like, I'm not going to fault the guy for doing what they believe is in their best interest for their career, especially mm-hmm. when they're making like 1200 a month. If that, so like, I'm really not going to fault the dude for doing what's in their best interest. Same point in time, though, I totally get where Pete's coming from. I mean, like, yeah, to up and leave with no notice, like, uh, that doesn't really say something. It's not like you just quit, like, with no notice, like, it's like no notice and like literally no, like, you did not give them any notice that you had quit, (laughs) like, Like you just stopped showing up at work. Yeah. Um, That's some next level yeah, quiet I mean, quitting is what that is. I was, so it's funny you say that because it got me thinking about like, I have had a couple of things where I just didn't give two weeks. So I was just like, yeah. nah, like, because whatever happened at that job, I was like, I don't, I'm out of here tomorrow. And uh, left like on a couple of ones, but like yeah. for the most part, I'm a two weeks person. But I do think it's 
the, the concept's always funny, but uh, yeah. I think it would be the concept of two weeks notice and your like relief pitcher role is hilarious. Yeah. Um, uh, but it, that did lead me right into the thought of like quiet quitting and just a baseball player quiet quitting. It's like the funniest concept of like, sure, I'll like make the fourth appearance in a week, but like, I mean, I'm not going to try. Like, I'm not going to bring the good slider out. Like, they're getting sliders, not sweepers. <laughs> like, I don't know. It just made me laugh. Like, just like sure, like, I'll work I through can't... I'll get three outs eventually, like, on my own pace. Yeah, it's like, like, I can't throw any breaking pitches. That's just not going to happen. Like, I could throw a heater with a little bit of movement, but, like, that's that's the best I could do right and just like not staying for extra innings was the next thought I had. <laughs> just leaving when it's nine innings done. Yeah, so that's my day. Low, low key just kind of sneaks over between innings, starts talking to the manager on the other team, like, you guys looking for a bullpen arm? Here's my Locked resume. On, Here's my baseball like, reference page. If it's one of those ones where you can like see the outside gate from the dugout, the dude's on the other side of the gate, just like shooting it with like some rando just like talking like yeah man like what you doing after this all right like yeah i'll come with like no i'm done for the day i clocked out (laughs) what like it's five o'clock somewhere dude we're done let's go thanks man life uh, my life is a margaritaville i am living in it and i mean the chain of restaurants my life is hell (laughs) oh that's what you get for uncovering gastonia's issues but uh shout out eddie burback yeah man um i think yeah uh, that's kind of what i got on that yeah that's about it that's about all we got uh we still managed to go over two hours so classic uh it didn't i thank god we didn't do any actual baseball talk otherwise we may have eclipsed four hours so yes that's fun i remember when these shows used to struggle to get to an hour sorry that was fun for me to edit so people can wait but any case uh oh yeah contract purchase Oh, God, right. Uh, yeah, Gabe uh, Kolobitz. Oh, wait, hold on. Gabe Kolobitz? Uh, One of those is right, probably. Hold on. Did, did he get picked up when that happened? How did I miss that? 23rd. Sunday. I remember I tweeted about this. I was like, well, oh, this will help I was mid-Gastonia. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Okay, good for him, man. Yeah, he goes from uh, Gastonia right. to the Blue Jays. Oh, I remember it now. It's all coming back to me. Yeah, that yeah. was the Gastonia contract purchase. Right. I couldn't even have time to fully process it. Auburn guy, by the way. Oh, yeah. yeah. Auburn making two appearances. Yeah, man. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, was, he was... Nah, he was good at Auburn. He had a great year at the end. I remember that. I was like, uh, it, uh, he had a good... I don't know. I remember him because he was... He went from Auburn in 2017, and if I remember right, he pitched for Auburn in 2017 again, but Auburn, the, that double days team in the New York Penn League. <laughs> and it was just like, so, just bouncing from Auburn to Auburn. It's a dumb thing, but it's, a, it's kind of a dumb thing, and I'll stick in my head forever. I think he pitched for Hagerstown, too, then, that means. Damn, okay. Hey, look at us full circle. Good work, everybody. Oh, really? Yeah. In any case, wrapping up his stats, no record. Uh, 1.13 ERA in eight innings, seven strikeouts, three walks. Reported to AAA Toronto. So that's that. Uh, Yeah, I had crystal ball things. It's Quebec winning the East, which, you know, it seems to be kind of in flux. Uh, The other two I had that were kind of fun, uh, Great Falls reaches 10 wins in the second half before New Jersey gets to 40 on the season. Oh, shoot. 
Uh, Great Falls is at seven right now. Is that accurate? Yeah, they're at seven. I think New Jersey's at thirty-seven or thirty-eight. Thirty-eight now. Thirty-eight. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh no, uh, Jersey's gonna get there. They're playing Empire State. Oh, that makes a lot. Yeah, fun. tough one. Easy money, Poppy. <sighs> Take it down the plus five fifty odds. Damn. I mean, like, here's the if if only Great Falls played earlier in the day, then they have yeah, a chance. Yeah. Right. Right, time yeah, zones, you're man. right. And time it, zones, it, they're hurting in a couple ways there. Yeah. And then the last one that was kind of fun was Wes Darville hitting 300 with two bombs this week. Yeah, man, that'll play. Or would it, uh, I don't know. I don't want to jump the gun. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to go yes on that. I'm feeling optimistic for him because I've been watching that. Yeah. Um, the... Uh, man, I don't know. I won't go too off. But just, I guess, shout out. We'll give it a shout out. To Tom Dillard with 30 home runs right now for Lexington on pace for 48, but people aren't talking about the fact that he had six at the end of May. So he's tacked on 24 and 49 games, which is <laughs> silly, dude. Silly, dude. Man, how soon <laughs> before it becomes a duck? Unbelievable. Right. Oh, my God, I know. But it is, uh, it's been a fun one to watch for sure. Ooh, in a season that needs it because they are just getting smacked in the mouth. Uh, props, I have to kill the Rocky Mountain win streak one because they kind of blew that tonight. Uh, but yep. Lexington, good job, boys. Uh, I have your last streak reaches an over-under of 15 and a half. They're at 13 right now. And they're playing... Oh, York? York. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. That's touch and go. They almost won tonight, York too. York has dude. a tendency. York has a tendency to drop third games of series. That'd be my prediction. York wins on Saturday and drops the Sunday. So they, they fall short of it. They get to fourteen yeah. losses. Get to fourteen. That's what I'm guessing. That's what I'm going okay. for. All right. That's awful. I get some credit, yo. If, if I nail that one, I'm about it. How about every South Division team on a losing streak right now? Just a weird time frame we're, we're like screenshot to get three of them are one game losing streaks but just a weird one to say it is it definitely is so that's the show for the week um yeah that's really all i got uh plugs you got any that you want to throw in there i'm sure you got stuff so do that and yeah then, uh, i actually do yeah that's a it's a pleasant change i'm starting to show up prepared uh the YouTube channel, uh, obviously the guest a video. If you're interested, check that out. Indie Ball Nation. Uh, also posting daily recaps, trying to get a weekend recap up after this. We'll see how that goes after uh, the weekend. Obviously, uh, we got some YouTube exclusives at some point. We're gonna have a video recorded and up the next one. The last one we did was like tier ranking recent rebrands, which now we have to update with the flying box cars. But yeah. I think the next one we're talking about is trying to uh, give our feed, our like review and like keep trash or change every AOPB test rules since they started doing that. Yep. Um, yeah. So keep an eye on that stuff coming out. Yeah, definitely there. Fun video idea I also have. We go ahead and we rank possible markets for expansion. Yes. Oh, dude, already on my list. 100%. My right. We're on the same avenue there. Because I feel like we could go ahead, we come with like a list of, say, like eight of them, eight to ten of them. And we have each of the four leagues and then just like a trash bin where it's just like none of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like what you're thinking here. Okay. Oh, another I'm, cool. I'm about it. 
Yeah, another cool idea that just popped into my head too, which would be great for teaser promos too, but a disposal draft for the Pecos League, but for Pecos League teams. Oh, like 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 let's say the Pe- yeah, like let's say the the Pecos League collapses, so now all the teams are free agents. What mm-hmm. what ones go where, or what ones could conceivably group together to form their own league? Yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah. Right. Okay. Down, right I down. like it. I follow. Yeah. You want to find any of my stuff? Uh, Indie Ball Pod or Indie Ball Report? Pretty much on everything. Try those too. <laughs> on pretty much every uh, platform. Although I will tell you now, apparently Stitcher is shutting down. So if you're one of the two people that listen on Stitcher, <laughs> find a new platform because it's shutting down in like, I think end of August, if I'm not mistaken. So. You got to figure that out. So don't go to Stitcher. Go to like Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Those seem to be the two big ones. Some Google Podcast people and Amazon Music people as well. But we're everywhere. It's just, you know, bigger name ones probably will last longer. So I recommend there. Although I do kind of wonder who's listening to podcasts on Spotify. I do not enjoy that experience at all. It's me. I'm the one. You're the problem. It's me. Hi. Oh, God. This reminds me that I had Vancine still finally follow me on Twitter the other day. Congrats. Welcome to the party. But, uh, uh, God. Yeah. Until next time, don't forget to uh, play ball. <laughs>